Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Kelly Zekas. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Okay. We met at Comic-Con. Kelly is a YA author known for These Vicious Masks, These Ruthless Deeds, These Vengeful Souls. She's also a New York University graduate and writes, acts, and reads in New York City. And she also has a co-author named Tarun. Shout out to Tarun. Who's not with us today, Kelly is. Um, Let's take it back process-wise through how you and your co-author work together you've done three books now right and i mean they're all the same so i mean that's that's a trilogy so that's that was our that was our one idea um that just took three books to tell um but we have so many ideas that have nothing to do with that but Mm -hmm. it's interesting because they're all kind of different they're different genres usually we have this contemporary fiction when we want to do that's why i still um I have this I have this historical romance series I really want to write um, that he kind of helps me come up with ideas for. I might that might be a solo project we even decided. Um, and then he has this like it's like this travel through like 1800s India and it's like going to go to like all these different countries and stuff. So I mean they vary a lot um, and they usually just come from the fact that we text each other like most of the day and, and we'll just be talking about nothing and then that's where everything comes from. It's just that we just kind of bounce off each other constantly through specific conversations about about anything, or yeah, is it I mean, sp- well, specifically about when you're talking about the book itself? Oftentimes, we'll be talking about the project we're working on, mm-hmm. and we'll be like, "Everything about this project is terrible right now. Wouldn't it be so great if we were working on this next project instead?" Right. And then we'll get all of our best ideas for the next project, and we're like, "Well, I guess that'll have to be tabled for a while." So that's a lot of it will be, yeah. you know, oh, well, what if she's like this? And it's like, well, actually, wouldn't that work better for the one we want to do about the two best friends that are, you know, and so that'll be half of it. But no, I mean, sometimes we'll just be talking about this weird tweet we saw and I don't know, it'll come from there. So a tweet could be an inception of an idea. Absolutely. Of an entire book or just something in the... I think usually we have to have some like germ already could we use the the these i'll call it the these trilogy is that mm. what you call it no but i like that right why, why these specifically why did i write those specifically? yeah well, how did you come up with that kind of title theme oh man i we were calling it evolved for a while we were going to title each one there so there, there's this premise is that a girl uh, her sister goes missing in 1880s london and or outside london and she uh is looking for her sister and she, along the way, discovers that she has um, superhuman powers and that a number of other people in the world do as well. And they're kind of X-Men-ish type powers. So we were going to do an, each book was going to have a title that ex- had a different explanation for why the powers existed. One was because they evolved that way. It was a jump in evolution. We never went this direction at all. But I think one was going to be magic and then one was going to be religious. We never did that, actually. Now that I think about it, that was like our first beginning idea. <laughs> I can't remember how we came up with these vicious masks, but I know it is the title we were submitting, and they, I think they our publisher was originally going to change it and then decided not to because often that's what happens. But we had <laughs> our mate our favorite idea was we were we wanted to make our book titles into a sentence, so it was oh. going to be like these vicious masks, and then the second one was going to be hide the souls, 
And then I forget oh. what the third one was going to be of something and something was the idea. That's cool. But they I were like, like no, you have to stick with, you need it to be you clear that, that you've picked up something. I shouldn't yeah. have said it. You shouldn't have said it. We can, we can get that. <laughs> no, it's okay. It was not a totally unique idea. But no one can do hide the souls. That's my, I will find something that works. TM. TM. Yeah. Don't even think about it. It's copyright. No, titles can't be copyright. But, um, um, and they shouldn't be. That's, that was a whole thing in romance recently. Someone tried to copyright the word cocky. And uh, it did not go over well. They tried to cover it, the word cocky? In a title. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Yeah, their whole they have a series like of books that were cocky Got books. It. Um, Got it. But if you look on like Amazon bestseller lists for contemporary romance, cocky bastard, cocky movie, right. arrogant, whatever. I mean, it's pretty common. Got people like change. Uh, I think people had to change their book titles cause, on Amazon because they thought they were going to be sued. But she lost in court. Where did they end up drawing the line? And oh, she lost. Can be okay. She lost. You can't copyright a word in yeah. a title. Got I think it. was the final. I, I think that was already true. And then she tried, and then it didn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, I can't copyright it. I know I will be fine. Someone can take it. It'll be great. It won't be as good as Kelly's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, they they wanted us to keep. And the second book we had the hardest time coming up with these ruthless deeds. I I don't. I think they sent us one that had the word deeds in it, and then we ended up coming up with Ruthless. And do the titles come after the book's done? I would imagine usually like, or is it before? Because some well, people, I guess, have different. Yeah, I mean, and I think priorities. trilogies are different too because, True. you know, I think it took us the better part of seven years on and off to write the first one. And then the second one, you get like one year and then maybe less actually. Like by the time your first book comes out, you your second book should come out a year after. So it depends how much time you have before your first book is published. To start, be, if you're already working on your second and your third. Can we talk about the publishing side of things? Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. this is jumping all over the place, but now I, I just mind. want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. At what point did you get the publishing situation? Like, how did that come about? Well, and I think mine's a more interesting, um, or at least a, a unique path, because we queried for agents for ages, like, right. like most do, on and off. Um, we got... I think, you know, at least one uh, request where they say, you know, please, re- it's a rewrite and resubmit. And we got really close a couple of times, had some great feedback. We never got an agent. And we were like, okay. And most people are working on multiple projects. We were not. We just kept polishing the same project over and over. We're like, we love this. right? And we were thinking, okay, we might try and self-publish it. But uh, Tarun stumbled across our publisher, Swoon Reads. Um, Swoon Reads is an imprint of Macmillan, and they had just started this new thing where anyone could submit a young adult romance manuscript. Anyone. You could upload it online, and other people can read, review, comment, and rate it. And then the publishers were going through and looking at the submissions, and they were taking into account the comments and reading and ratings. Although not, it wasn't like a contest where it's like the top three rated get picked or something like that. But we had seen a couple. Tarun had heard about them, and then I had actually picked up their first one that they had done at Barnes & Noble. I just loved the cover. I thought it was really cute. It was written by Sandy Hall, and she's fantastic. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, I just read the cutest book. And he's like, that's the Swan Roots thing I was telling you about. And so we decided to put it up there. Um, we got some good feedback, and then we got the email that said, like, good news from Swoon Reads. And they were like, hey, can we have a conversation? I think I blacked out. Tarun had to call me because it was, like, on one person's email. Right. So, and I forget how we submitted it. We might have submitted it only under his name. So, I think he had to be like, hey, and I actually have a co-author. Right. So, we got the call from them. And they're like, you know, we're, we'd like to publish it. 
So that is, it's rare to find a traditional publishing company, if you want to go that route, that takes unsolicited submissions um, that you can do without an agent. And, you know, it's probably something that looks suspicious, I think, at first. Yeah. But they had, you know, they were having real success. And then we met our editor and the team there and we're like, oh, we're in love with them. So how often perfect. are they selecting people like that? Is it, is they it do it rare or? No, they, they, they pick three or four times a year. Okay. Um, I, I think That's still pretty rare. Yeah, and they they'd had they either had one or three books out when we were selected. I think we were it was their third or their fourth season. So I think we were like maybe book seven that came out with them um, for our first book. And now they're having I don't know they, they had like twenty books this year. So it's increasing. And you know that stable of authors that they first picked from, mm-hmm. they're picking a lot of their books again. So it's not always just the new submissions as well. And did you tell them this was a trilogy at first? Were you like, if we're yeah. going to do it, this has to be a trilogy? Or? I think we talked about it either being, they. I think they bought it as a saying, we understand that it would be either a duology or a trilogy. They weren't, we weren't sure. And they said, let's see. So, and then they bought um, book two and then three. But um, by the third one, we had gotten an agent at that point. So, and how does that work? Is that by referral of the... The publishing so, company or no okay they were they were great to work with and i mean you know the idea is that you have an agent advocating for you so in, in reality the publisher is trying to advocate for the publishing company and the agent's trying to work for the author thankfully we had like the team at mcmillan and spoon reads is incredible and we were always felt like we were in good hands and they were being really transparent with us and always advocating for us so we didn't never were like oh i guess we need to get an agent to fight for more things for us but we you know we knew that this was going to be the third book and we were going to have a a career from there. So we wanted to find someone. And it was, I will say it was very interesting. I think we queried three people uh, versus like, I don't know, 60 originally. And all three immediately wanted to talk to us. This is based on the way you crafted it and the fact that you were already published? I think it was based on the fact that we were already published. I mean, that's my guess. We were saying like, you know, we have an offer for a third book. Um, We'd love to talk to you. And and Ah. also very specific targeting because at this point we emailed our three favorite right. people um, that we had seen because we knew other people who were represented by them. We knew that they were just a good match. And so, I imagine you crafted the e- the emails or the, the letters spe- very specifically for those people. Of course. I mean, agent we ended up with, we were like, you published Lily Anderson's book and we adore her and we think our sense of humor is similar. We think that you would really love us <laughs> and we'd love you. And how, she was like, yes, I do. <laughs> how long does it take to write a query? Is there an art to writing the query itself? There's 100% art to writing the query, but I'm skeptical to say that I know because we never gotten one with a traditional query. Right. We got one with like, hey, we have an offer for a third book. We'd like you to negotiate for us. It's a little bit of a different story. Um, so no, I'm I always direct people to look for people who actually edit queries professionally. Um, I will plug uh, Kira Nelson. I think is phenomenal, especially for YA. She does a great job. She was an intern actually at an agency we originally queried and she had given us amazing feedback. And she, this was years ago. And like, she found me on Twitter and was like, by the way, I always still think of your book. And she's been like an amazing cheerleader since, but I've sent people her way for, um, she'll like, she either used to, or still does. Um, she'll put up a query letter and kind of dissect it for people. So, um, she's, she's great. So, and then once you get that book deal, what does it look like? What's the, what's the process from there? You're like, okay, cool. And now we have to start writing, right? Or had you already written? Like, Well, the first the one was fully written as far as we were concerned. <laughs> But of course, you know, you then have edits. Yeah. Um, and that you get an edit letter 
and it can be very long depending on your editor or in this, you know, this is you're working with one editor specifically. Yes. We okay. worked on one editor for the trilogy. Um, and she was phenomenal and, you know, immediately got us and we got her. It seemed, um, it does also help that I'm in New York. It's nice. You can meet your editor that way. And this one reads team helps out too. Like there was an intern who became um, another editor there and she was phenomenal and helped us out. I think she came up with, I forget what she came up with. She came up with something really cool for us for book two. And, um, so there's a, it was very collaborative. And I mean, I already worked that way. Trin and I already collaborate. So for us, it was like having like a bigger, more like godlike voice to mm-hmm. answer questions and to kind of mediate between us <laughs> to be like, okay, go with this one guys. And we'd be like, okay, phew. Are the notes coming down on like a chapter by chapter basis like is it just here these are all our notes for the entire book like what does it look like so you get like one letter that's overarching you know here's here's what we think you know starting with the good stuff (laughs) you know traditional critique class you know you start with what you like and then you then you go into this is what we need to work on but so she started with you know this is it was and we ended up with a very different book by the end but starts with a nice overarching letter for these are the kind of bigger things I want to see, you know, this is where we're thinking might fix this problem. And then it goes, it can, it can vary. It can go chapter chunk character by character. She did as well. Um, but you're not really doing chapter chapter yet. I think you're doing chunk. You're doing like act one, two, mm-hmm. three style. I think was how she did it. Um, ours was like pre going to London, the beginning of the London search post this event. And then the finale. But given that you'd already written it, how how long was it before you had submitted it to them when you thought it was maybe finished? I think it was 90,000 words. 90,000 words. You're getting all these changes, and these are like core structure changes. Yeah. So I'm imagining that's like throwing your whole world into disarray. Yeah, I like that. Tarun does not like that as much. (laughs) I was kind of like fun. And uh, and, I mean, I think he he was obviously – they all make sense. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like you, sure. you want to, hopefully you're working with an editor who doesn't want to change the core of what you're trying to say. And she certainly was not. She was bringing the right things forward and pushing down the things that were holding us back from really telling our story. So we were very lucky. Um, but yeah, it was, let's see, we started working with them in September and our book was going to come out the following February, I think. And that's a pretty short timeline actually in publishing, I think, it seems to me. A lot of people would be like, I have a book coming out in two years. So a year and a little bit was not much. Um, So we, and you know, you you want your, your final book has to be in long before it's published. So say we had maybe seven months. And I think that was probably more than anyone wanted us to have. (laughs) I think they would have liked the final book a lot sooner. Um, But yeah, the changes were, it was a lot for us. We'd never worked with an editor before. We'd never worked on these. We'd done the resubmits before with agents, but Nothing like this. What did so. those, um, you know, meetings between you and Tarun look like when you had to sit down and digest the notes? And mm. like, what was your plan of attack? Well, we don't live in the same city. Um, okay. We didn't then. We don't now. We are humongous Google Doc users. We are on FaceTime a lot of the day. Um, so <laughs> FaceTime will just be the two of us staring at the screen into blackness and anger for like two hours at a time sometimes. And someone will just say an idea and the other person will be like, no. So it can be bleak, but it can also be very productive as well. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of phone calls, basically. And we've had to deal with some really interesting time differences. Tarun likes to travel the world. Um, he was in Japan in, I think, August and dealing with some really interesting... Mysterious characters, Tarun. Yes, yes, yes. He's a, he's a dog horse. Um, but uh, no, he, he's just very lucky and I hate him. <laughs> um, but no, he's... he's a, 
he's actually in Boston right now. So for once we're in the same time zone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's very, I mean, actually kind of sometimes it's good. It's like your book, it's 24 hour coverage sometimes, depending on the time zone. So you're like, okay, you work on that while I sleep. And then when I get up, I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we would piece it together kind of. Uh, the time zone would be interesting and we, we have different we work different kind of jobs he uh he, work, he makes his own hours he's remote so he can kind of style his own hours whereas i have a traditional job i go to um more nine to five so that was always interesting working around those we'll talk at very weird hours i'd get up at like 5 a.m sometimes for phone calls and, and very quietly in my living room trying not to get wake my dog up so do you have different skill sets or do you share yes. the same skill sets like oh god this, no is one better with characters and the other better with dialogue and how does that work yes um we could not be more dissimilar um tarun is so good at structure and plot he can just see how to craft things and then move things so that twists are clearer and uh, work better whereas and, and he's always he's more of an idea generator where i'm like i like this theme and we'll never come up with anything other than that and i'll be like go um we both love dialogue though i'd say that was something i mean I'm an actor, so I feel like that's kind of something I gravitate towards. And he's always written it really well. So I'd say, and we we care a lot. We will nitpick one line over and over. Um, I think there's that traditional comedy idea of like um, a joke doesn't stay unless it makes both people laugh. And that's definitely how we are. Dialogue does not stay unless we both think it fits. Um, and then I'm all character, character, romance, romance. So I'm, or, you know, relationship based. So going back to maybe when you first started, mm -hmm. when you're looking at how you break down, you know, you said there were a, a lot of characters and words. How do you, um, compartmentalize it? Are you doing the outline first? I imagine. Yeah. If I had it my way, I would never plot anything ever. And I would just start writing. And Trun is like, that's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> We're, yeah no, I know. <laughs> Most people, but, but you know, Panzer and Plotter. And then he's a, he's a plotter. So we start with a very basic outline that we just fill in, fill in, fill in, fill in from there. Um, so, uh, and then it gets more detailed and longer, and then you have to break it down scene and chapter. Uh, and then because we're writing together, I mean, the first one was more to room drafting the editing, I'd say that was kind of more how it went at the beginning. Uh, I'd go over his words and kind of rewrite, and then he'd go over that and rewrite. So we, we wouldn't even remember who wrote a sentence, honestly. And oftentimes it's probably a good it was place both. To be then. Yeah. 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 We argue actually over certain sentences. I think they're mine. He's sure they're his. And Google does often tell you Google Docs will save the changes. Um, but I think for books two and three, when we were working on them um, at the same time, and you know we had these much shorter deadlines, you know you're doing all that collaborative outlining, and and ours was very collaborative with our editor, which I, I don't know is always the case, honestly. Um, but she was. I remember one time we went to their office at four o'clock on a Friday, and we stayed till nine p.m. during the brainstorming oh, wow. session with them. So they, I mean, they are. We would have marathon phone calls with our editor there. She's a phenomenal person and really put up with our. Or like panicking and the fact at her. Leave at two p.m. on a Friday is a good sign. Well, I mean, she, she should have really, but <laughs> no, no, she she's a, a wonderful human being who really <laughs> cares about her authors. Um, not that you have to do that to care about your authors, but she really wow. Um, you know, because I, I was working the day job and I just couldn't really get off any earlier for these meetings, and so she works around that pretty well. So the notes come in. Mm -hmm. And then you have to kind of incorporate those. Is the dissecting of that similar to that original process of the outline? Do you have to basically like re-outline it again? And then, or yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, for us, it's like okay, copy paste in the Google Doc again. So we 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 don't we never delete it. So we'll start a new doc. We'll put the right. put the old outline in, and then we're just start 
writing over everything there and um, and moving things, inserting things from there. So yeah, then you have to, definitely for us, it was like, okay, here's our new outline. Does that work? And then if you get the go, then you start the drafting. Got it. And we'll trade off chapters basically um, at first. So you just write a real sketch of a chapter. And then, you know, while I'm working on one, he's working on two. We're texting the whole time to be like, is it okay if this is actually set in her bedroom versus the living room? So stuff like that. You find texting works well? Yeah. Never have miscommunications or... I think... Sorry, my tone was totally different. Well, (laughs) I mean, I think that would... I'm sure that would be the case if we didn't know each other so well. Got it. But, you know, we've been friends for 12 plus years now and working together like almost that entire time. So there's no... We have such a shorthand where like there's no work worrying about each other's feelings anymore. Like we we clearly both respect each other and we want to work together. Um, we, we certainly didn't have to keep doing it. We don't have to keep doing projects together, but we want to. Yeah. It's a mutual um, understanding. Yeah. So if I say, if he says like, what about this? And I say, no, that's terrible. He knows I don't mean you're terrible and right. you're all your ideas are and how dare you. I'm just like, no, that doesn't fit. I don't have to be like, okay, cool idea. But like, maybe if we did it this way. Like, yeah. There's I, no room for pride. I don't think. No. Right? It, would just, it would take too much time too. Mm-hmm. I, I, we can't just be like, yeah, let's try it. If one of us doesn't like it, it just doesn't work that way for us. Um, I, I don't think I would want to write with someone I couldn't be that honest with. Um, and it's mutual. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll shut me down, <laughs> rightfully so. So you kind of recreate that outline. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets approved and you start kind of recrafting what you had already written. I'm assuming keeping certain pieces of what you'd written, maybe something yeah. that could stay. I mean, I think for the first book, it was like, okay, so she, so this girl's going to London, she's searching for her, her sister, but you know, this is in a time period where she can't be unchaperoned. So we kind of had this like family friend figure helping her and he was in love with her sister. So he's helping her, but he's really boring and no one liked him. So they were like, what if you bring back her other love interest and have him help her? And we were like, that's amazing. So, you know, some of the scenes stayed similar with him and them. Some of them were like, well, he would never do that. He would do this. So that scene, obviously, and I'm big on that. I'm not going to make a character do something they wouldn't do. That's like my pet peeve. So, um, so yeah, things changed dramatically because that, I mean, yeah, we haven't had to do that since really, because all of our books have been outlined with, of course, there's still human. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of edits still, don't get me wrong. And there can be ones where they're like, so that idea just didn't work. Like, um, that's going to be a big spoilers for books two and three. But um, <laughs> we wanted to add a second point of view for the second book. And we were sure it would work. And we were like telling our editors, like, please let us do it. We love it. And they're like, okay, you can try. And then we were all like, everyone was like, oh, that didn't work at all. Including <laughs> us. You know, we, we were like, Crash we were like, we were like, maybe. And they're like, no. And we're like, okay, yeah, no. So, I mean, there are still things like that where, but I mean, that one was kind of easy. It was a second point of view in like a different place. So we were able to just take the whole thing out. What are the deadlines? (gasps) Where are the deadlines? What's Mm -hmm. the cadence of the deadlines? How many deadlines are there? And are you, what's the scramble look like? I will say it varies hugely. I have heard so many crazy stories of people getting their, uh, their manuscripts back after eight months. And they're like told two weeks and I need it back. We never had that. We had Holly's turnaround, our editor's turnaround time has always been like pretty amazing, although it's because they have internal deadlines as well for like the book needs to come out at this time. So um, she's been amazing at getting them back to us. Um, I'd say for your first, like your biggest edit, we were probably getting up maybe two months or so for those. Um, a lot of writers are very quick. A lot of writers could do those changes in a couple weeks. Drew and I just can't. We just, it's just not the way we work. We're slow. 
Um, and, and we, and we've been upfront about that and we don't want to, we, what we really don't want to do, of course, is be like, we're not gonna be able to hit the deadline the day of. What so. causes, um, all writers face like procrastination and all this, these different kind of challenges. Mm-hmm. What, what is the delay or that slowness or is it mm-hmm. just really you're very thorough? Well, I don't want to make it sound like we're, we're thorough and others aren't or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, I mean, we have day jobs, some writers don't, um, and that's great. Uh, the time differences I'm sure did not help, but I think, for both of us, we we're we're absorbers. We need to take the time to really be like, okay, but will that work? And we kind of need to sit with them, I think, to really feel if it's going to work or not. And then just, I mean, I, I I hope our first drafts tend to be maybe less messy because we're kind of editors as we go. I'd say I don't know if that's really true. I'm sure editors are like, oh my god, no. <laughs> but uh, I I think that might be part of it. Um, our like some people's first drafts are really short because they're going to go back and fill in. Ours tend to be not too far off from where they're going to be, I'd say. Um, for me, a lot of like to see if a book's work, I need a lot of stuff fit in already. I need to know the atmosphere. I need to know what people are wearing and stuff like that. And it can change, but it, it helps me tell the whole story. Um, whereas I think other people want to get the plot down and like the relationship through lines really clear and then they fill in everything else. So it's probably just a decision on that. And then, yeah, I mean, it'll be funny. Like it'll, <laughs> we always joke about how like Troon will sometimes come up with like, really wild, long-winded solutions to really simple problems. And then, and you know, he's a, he'll think all day on something and he'll text me things. And then one day I'll just be like, well, what if she just says no? And we're like, <laughs> we're like, God damn it. That was it. And it's just that I don't, I don't know. I, I, I kind of just have to think of things suddenly whereas he'll, and sometimes his complex solutions are amazing and they'll solve everything, but that'll be fun. It's when like, we have this joke in book too. Like he wanted to add this baby plot line and we're like, it doesn't need to be a baby. It's like, no, no at, baby. At what point do you come together to, to mutually decide that that's just not the right idea? Sometimes we make our editor decide. Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, okay. I hate the baby and yeah. Shereen loves the baby. Interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, it usually doesn't get to that point, but yeah. oftentimes one of us will like something more than the other. or We'll be like, all right, that's okay for now. We'll see how it feels. Did you ever not meet a deadline? Yes. Did you feel that your job was on the line and that you might get fired? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does okay. that happen? Do you, can you get like, you know what? This book is... Well, I think it's in the contracts. Okay. Usually, I think I think, I think there's usually some language around... I don't know if there's always specific dates, but you know, it, it's within a... I think it's something to the effect of like within a mutually agreed upon timeline or like reasonable timeline um we've never missed a deadline and like not talk to our editor i'd say usually a couple weeks in advance we'll be like so i think we're not going to miss it we're not going to hit it can we get more time um yeah especially i mean it just the difference between book one over seven years and books two and three and less than one is it's hard man it's it's tough and especially when you finish one you kind of need a second usually to just oh my gosh humans air like because you can i mean man yeah what's your balance of living life outside of writing and get it because i I imagine (laughs) it that you would feel the need to like i need to go out and breathe and not write if i'm on a deadline i try very hard to write 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 maybe i'll give myself you know an a and um, a lot of those by the way are not productive evenings you're just telling yourself you're gonna write that night and not to make any plans and then that does not happen. <laughs> you know, you just stare at your computer and you go, ah, and then you never shut Twitter. Like, you know, nights like that happen, of course. But when I'm on a deadline, as if it's a tight deadline, especially, I'm trying very hard to not have a social life. When I'm not on a deadline, like when we finished the trilogy, we were just kind of, we had a few ideas. We actually didn't know what we were going to work on next. We hadn't really decided. And I was like, 
hello, everyone I haven't seen. You know, that was great. Um, it was good to see people again. But yeah. but yeah, right now it's like, okay, back to back to work. And then at what point in the process of, and I'm using maybe the first book as an example, mm-hmm. do you come to a, an agreement with the editor that, okay, we're there now? Yeah, I mean, the way our edits worked, and I think this is relatively traditional, is like a larger edit, a chapter by chapter edit, and then something called a line edit. And a line edit is exactly what it sounds like, line by line. And then you're just doing, hopefully after a line edit, your book's approved. And then you're just doing a final, um, a final read through which is, I think the line edit usually turns into the advanced reader editions. I'm pretty sure that once that line edit's done and everyone's happy with that, that's what will go into an advanced edition. So the changes after that are usually minimal. Who's checking to make sure that there's no spelling mistakes? Those tiny little details that you read and then you see it and you're just like, fuck that. There's no period at the end of that sentence. Proofreaders um, that they hire. Yeah. Are you doing like one final though, like the week before it comes out? Are you? Are oh, you it's like, oh, a week before it comes out. Is way it's done. Too late. It's yeah, done. no, and okay. they go to the printers. I think usually three or four months. But before. you are ultimately giving the approval on that. No, saying, no. Actually, I think I think the proofread. No. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. No. We get one more read after the proofreader. Actually. Got it. I think. And I imagine that you're reading a full on novel. That's got to yeah. take some time. It does. I mean, I think some people get a day. We usually at least try and ask for a week. Um, yeah. And we are each reading it. But I mean, the problem at that point is you're too close. So, I mean, there's so there's there's a character, and this is a spoiler for book one, so you can earmuffs if you want. But um, there's a character in book one who, whenever he asks a question, he elicits the truth as a response. If he asks a question, you would be compelled to answer. So... The proofreader not only is proofreading, um, or I, I think they might even use a more technical term than proofreader. Um, I think because because they're checking consistency, they're checking timelines for you, they're pointing out anything like that that doesn't work as well, or like um, you know there'd be eighteen eighty specific language that they would be like, is that correct? And we'd have to be like, yes or no, good point. Um, so, but she also had to check for things like that too. She had to check that every question was answered. And I will say there was a question in book one that someone noticed that he had asked and no one answered it. Oh, wow. And we were like, I, I told her and he was like, damn it. This is months after. If it gets past you guys, there's probably a good chance that it might not get past someone else or. Yeah. My fiance noticed it. Oh yeah. Yeah. He goes, he goes, Hey, I have a question. No. Is there also the, the chance that you've just seen it so many yes. times that you're just, there's things you can't see? Yes, exactly. Just, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that that's when people are like, put the book away. Right. Go outside. <laughs> Breathe air that is not you just panicking in a room with like out any oxygen anymore. Because, um, but even still, yeah, that final read is hard. Hopefully you haven't looked at it in a couple weeks. Hopefully you've been a person for a while. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, at least, um, you needed to get away from it. But our timelines have been so tight that sometimes Turin's still reading over it at that point to see if there's any little changes he can try and fit in that aren't just proofreading changes. What's the biggest change you made as close to the book came out? I think we changed a character name, maybe between the advanced reader edition and the final. And there were no advanced reader editions for our final book, I think. I think they didn't do any for that because at that point, you're, that's just to kind of elicit readership and, and get your, um, and so that like libraries can decide if they want to acquire you and bookstores can decide if they want to stock you. So at the third book, if they're already stocking books one and two, they're probably going to do three. So um, that's pretty, I think that's typical, but, but yeah, I think maybe we change a character name. We've probably, I think, you know, actually, I think we changed a full paragraph at the end of a chapter once. We were just like, I know it's just like, I think we emailed it like specifically being like, I know it's a lot of changes please. It won't change the page because you have to worry about page counts at some point. Right. You Books have already hit the formatting. Oh. So if you have like 
half a page left between your end of your book and your chapter, you can't go on to the next page at a certain point. So you have to, that final chapter, you have to fit it in before the next chapter starts just on, on a formatting. And is that being shared to you within a particular like program yeah. or like that's already for a format or it's just, it's just be a page? word, okay. but it, it, it shows you the pages. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a interesting one too. So you finish the book, the mm-hmm. editor gives you the go ahead. Mm-hmm. What is the, what follows that? Are they now promoting? Do they mm-hmm. help promote the book? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, and I mean, this varies. You get a marketing plan and then your marketing plan can vary wildly. Um, re- some really big books, really big authors, or if like the debut is looking like it's going to be a, you know, they're going to try and really make it be a huge hit. It can mean you have um, all this marketing in bookstores, like these end cap shelves. Um, you know, you might be going on a tour and stuff like that, speaking at a ton of festivals. This was not us. Right. <laughs> they certainly, I mean, you know, we, we were very happy with everything, but like, uh, you know, for us, it was like blog tours are really common. I okay. think, I think for a lot of, definitely in YA, at least I, I see them, I think in sci-fi and, um, a lot of genre fiction will do blog tours. It seems like, um, romance well and stuff. So your, you know, readers are going to interview you. They might ask you to do favorite lists and stuff like that. So then you have these huge lists of questions that get sent to you by your, your publicist, um, that you're filling out sending back in and then as far as the actual like marketing ideas promotion did you ever have ideas that you were like "Eh, maybe not that like is it marketing marketing like we're gonna come up with some crazy idea and throw it on the side of a train i'm sure for some books for us no (laughs) um ours were i mean they came up with the tagline of jane austen meets x-men which we we liked i mean in our query letters we used to we said, I think Bronte meets X-Men just because the time period is more accurate. We were like worried, but um, people tend to respond to that. They're like, okay, so it'll be like a mix of like society in like England and then superheroes. So, And then the book comes out, it gets its, you know, you do your mm-hmm. due diligence to help support it. Yeah, yeah. How do you look at the performance of the book or are you already moving on to the next? Like, where's your head at, at that point? I mean, I think for the first book, you're... Hopefully you're not reading reviews, but I was totally reading reviews. <laughs> um, but you know, you've you've already gotten any kind of trade reviews that you're going to get, so you you know if your book is going to do well. Like you know, you'll get like starred reviews if you know, but the, if the book is going to be a really good book, and that's not true. By the way, tons of wonderful books are not starred, but you might know at least a little bit about where it's heading. Um, uh, for me, it was like we had to just go right on to book two. You just can't. You what, what are you supposed to do after that? You know, your, your book is going to find out the people who are meant to read it are going to read it. It will find its readers. Not everyone is going to love your book. I don't care who you are. So you have to try and let it go. And it's the, tough. The cycle repeats itself. Mm. Um, tell me about your relationship with the editor themselves. Is that a very clear, you work directly with them and that's that? Do you like... Do you have social interactions with them? Do you get a beer with them? I, my relationship with my editor, I, and I think it can, again, I think this is uh, particular to both the editor and the writer. Um, my relationship with my editor is definitely uh, very friendly. Um, you know, I've gotten lunch with her a couple of times. I get to see her when we're at Comic-Cons and stuff. Um, she's an absolute delight. Um, and, I, and kind of her whole team is great too. So I've been very lucky. Uh, I like I like my editor so much. So um, We do a thing called a series of seemingly random questions. So the first one is, uh, we read your Macmillan publisher's bio, and it says, YA is your absolute favorite thing on earth other than cupcakes. Yes. Um, what's the best cupcake in New York City, and where can you find it? Oh, um, Georgetown. 
Georgetown Cupcakes. Oh, wait, that's Georgetown Bakery, I think is their name. They're on Mercer Street. Uh, they started out in Georgetown, where you might expect, uh, but now they have a few more locations. And they give out a free one every day to the first hundred people who have like found out the secret oh. flavor on Twitter. So, Have you gotten one of those free ones? I left work one day and I got one, yes. There it is. <laughs> um, the next question is, um, if you got a dinner with any writer, living or dead, who would you choose and why? Man, I want to say something more interesting than my answer, which is Shakespeare. Uh, I love Shakespeare. That's cool. No, I, one's, no one said that yet. Really? Yeah. Oh, phew. I, I mean, I went to drama school. How do you not love Shakespeare? I would just, I, it'd be very interesting though. I bet we wouldn't be able to communicate very well because the language has changed so much. Really probably even yes, more than we has. think. So, yeah. Um, what is something about your career that nobody knows? Oh man, so nobody knows. It doesn't have to be like a crazy no, I know. secret. Yeah. It could just be anything fun. Um, okay, this is probably little known, which is that I love riding on the subway. For some reason, I, for me, that's like, it's smoother. I just everything starts like pouring out. So when I'm when I'm struggling, sometimes I will ride the subway on like a notepad app or yeah, like, yeah, my okay. phone. Okay. But sometimes if I can pull out a computer, I will. Um, I'll write any place, anytime, anywhere. It's bold. Yeah, I've done it. Not rush hour. It would be such wouldn't be one of those. But yeah, love that. And the next question: Has anyone ever told you that you couldn't be a writer? No. No one's told me that. I think my dad is scared at all times. <laughs> like I went to school for acting and now I'm writing. He's like, could you have picked two careers that are less predictable and less stable? My dad's an accountant. So he, but no, he's been astonishingly supportive and wonderful, but he's probably been the most scared person. I'd you can't say. really quantify those careers at all. Right? He, he likes no. predictable yeah. and they're just yeah, no. not. No. But you've done quite well. Thank you. Um, with that being said, I have another question. Last one of the series, Wars of Wisdom. Is there one thing you've learned that you want to share with anybody? Don't read Goodreads reviews. <laughs> they will not help you. Why not? Like when I said that your book's going to find the readers, you can read 100 reviews that say your main character was, I don't know, he is a whiny little brat. And then you can read 100 reviews that say your main character was a really strong, stoic Guy. And they will be for the same character, the same book. And you are not going to write the right story if you're trying to make every single person happy. And also, once your book's out, you, I mean, that's your book's out. But if you're writing sequels, especially, like I think that's something we had to figure out, it's just not going to help you. It's not the place to go. Work with yourself, work with your co author, work with your editor, and tell the story you, you set out to tell. Love it. Um, one last question self publishing. I think you briefly mentioned. We consider thought it. about mm -hmm. yeah yeah why what are the pros and cons? Well, I never looked into it okay. um, too too carefully, but um, and I but I, I would consider I know plenty of people who actually do both. They do they found that traditional publishing works for something, self publishing works for something else. Um, and I think the, the the con is just that Amazon is the main what's the main way to self publish. I think, and they seem to be changing the platform constantly. I think it's really hard to keep up with the best way to. To do it all. Um, I mean, if you want to do everything yourself, if you're if you are a good marketer of yourself, if you're if you can figure out how to get the right covers and you know write the right copy for it, I mean, great, go for it. I'd consider it in the future for sure. But um, you know, I, I've also I've had a really good experience with traditional publishing, even though mine isn't super traditional, given that it was this unsolicited um, submission. So. And what's next on the horizon? I know you said you can't talk about yeah. what's coming up. What 
can you talk about? What's Well, Tarun and I are working together. We have, I want to say, two or three more projects that we want to do together. Um, and then I think the, the little teaser I can give is that it's not a YA novel that I'm working on next. Ooh. Yeah, it's something totally different for both of us. And we're super excited. And do you have a publisher lined up or a situation for yep. it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Nice. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. It's exciting. And yeah. what's the timeline-ish for it? Uh in the next two years, I'd say, okay. but hopefully we'll be able to start talking about it sooner. All right. So maybe so. we'll have you back on the show. I would love that. that. Yeah, actually, Thank I'd you. love to talk about that in the future. So. Um, cool. Well, I think that's it. Do you want to plug your own personal? No. Read, read my books. That's the second time someone said that. Well, just, I mean, we already talked about the books. Well, you well, like what about me, like, you like your social books. handle or uh, your... Yeah. I mean, I'm Kelly Zekas on Twitter. I'm the only Kelly Zekas. So unfortunately, if you find anything on me, it's probably about me. So what about the mysterious Tarun? Tarun Shanker, yeah, he's on Twitter too. He doesn't tweet though; he's just on there. Sometimes he retweets, but he—he's not. I think he—I think he hasn't written a single tweet himself in like a year. He used to be on there more. He's—he's he's a mysterious figure. Sounds like it. <laughs> um, well, thank you, and thank Tarun as well. I will. Yeah, it's great to have you on. This maybe maybe I can bring him sometime too. He's, that if sounds he's, cool. He's in the country. Who knows where he is? So. I mean, he's in Boston. He's almost here. Yeah, but he's Get going. Him. He's going back to Japan. Uh, so he got so close. And I know, and then so far. Yeah, cool. This is great. Yeah, thank you I guys have fun too. What's the next uh, move for you today? As you go on with your life and go back to writing, Are you just um, straight back to the, the pen and the paper. Yeah, well, we're working on the secret project, I guess. Okay. Um, but we're, we're waiting for the next word from from people. So, so you're uh, a little hey, breathing. We, yeah, I mean, okay. I think the next move for me is this I, this romance novel series I've been wanting to work on. We, Tru and I were just talking about it the other day, and he gave me a couple of good ideas. So, awesome. Kind of want to start plotting that out a little more. Well, maybe grab yourself a cupcake on the way home. Uh, maybe you and, guys will uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think about it. Um, all right, I think that's it. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was awesome. So thank you. And thanks to our listeners. We hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.